0: Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is your host, Brandi Williamson. I'm a believer, mother, and birth and postpartum performance coach. This podcast is all about equipping mothers with actionable sport and performance psychology techniques and inspirational advice with a faith-based perspective to perform better as a mother for yourself and your family, all while deepening your faith in Jesus. As a first-time mother, pregnancy can be so exciting. It can also be exhausting, but most importantly, life-changing. As your body is adjusting to your baby's needs, you simultaneously begin the countdown to your long-awaited due date. So much change continues to happen, and before you know it, you're in your third trimester. If you're anything like me, I was so overwhelmed with everything I felt like I had to learn, wondering what else I needed to prepare for our baby's arrival, and what childbirth would be like. In order to alleviate some of the unknown and stress for you in today's episode, I'll be diving into the three stages of childbirth. Welcome back to Mom Material. The question on every first-time mother's mind, what will childbirth be like? Maybe you've heard horror stories from your friends that caused major uncertainty and worry for you. Perhaps everyone you've talked to has had the most fairy-tale birth experience ever and you've created expectations that yours will be the same. Although everyone's body and childbirth experience is unique, each stage and phase contains universal properties we all share. Let's talk about what to expect in each stage how to identify the next phase, and some strategies to stay confident, composed, and in control during your labor and delivery. Stage one of childbirth consists of three phases. The first phase is known as early labor, the second is active labor, and the third is transition. Let's start with phase one, early labor. When the muscles in your uterus, which has become one of the strongest organs in your body by the time of your due date, tightens and relaxes, This is known as a contraction. Many women say this feels similar to back pain when they're on their periods. In the early labor phase, you can expect your contractions to grow in length, strength, and intensity. These mild contractions last anywhere from 60 to 90 seconds and are around five to 15 minutes apart. This phase is the longest, lasting six to 12 hours on average for first time mothers. Although it is the longest, It is the most manageable of the three phases in stage one. Mothers are encouraged to continue going about their day, prepare their hospital bag, move, or find time to rest. Fathers can support their spouses by preparing food, massaging their partner, and distracting mom by playing board games or any other form of entertainment. In episode six, I talk about my experience being induced. When we got to the hospital around midnight, I was hooked up to a wireless fetal heart rate monitor, which I definitely suggest for moms deciding to give birth in a hospital because it provides freedom of movement for you. And an IV machine that administered a synthetic oxytocin known as Pitocin. So Pitocin does not pass through the blood-brain barrier like natural oxytocin, limiting endorphins and causing the contractions to be closer together. So depending on how your labor starts, This can vary the speed of contractions and progression of the labor. They didn't get me all hooked up until around 2-3 to a.m. and I laid in the hospital bed just trying to sleep until around 6.30 in the morning. You can see the contractions on the monitor next to your bed. At first it was kind of exciting to see these little spikes that were an indication of uterine contractions. Some I actually barely felt. Jess and I brought all these board games and movies to pass the time, however, we ended up just using the next three and a half hours to sleep and relax because we didn't really know how long childbirth would be. In the early labor phase, a mother's cervix is dilating, which means opening, to six centimeters, and also effacing, which means the cervix is softening and getting thinner. For context, normally your cervix feels similar to the tip of your nose but by the time of childbirth, it feels more like the soft part of your cheek. If you're not getting induced, most providers suggest mothers head to the hospital when their contractions are four to five minutes apart, lasting one minute over the course of an hour with a predictable pattern. So this is also referred to as the 411 or 511. Additionally, if your water has broken, your provider will suggest heading to the hospital immediately. You'll likely know when you're in the second phase of stage one of birth, known as active labor, because you will likely not be able to distract yourself anymore with other activities during your contraction. Each contraction will demand more of your attention and effort because they are now closer, longer in duration, and more intense. In active labor, contractions on average last 45 to 70 seconds and are two to three minutes apart. A mother's cervix is continuing to efface and dilate from six centimeters to eight centimeters. It's so crucial that you establish a rhythm for managing contractions. Movement is always beneficial in helping the baby descend to the birth canal during this phase. Fathers can support their spouses by mirroring their energy and following their lead. For my own childbirth experience, Jess and I had a little loop in the hospital room that we would walk. I would lead the way and he would follow towing the IV machine. I can't tell you how helpful this was that I didn't have to explicitly tell him what I needed. He just followed my lead and helped me cope with the increasingly painful contractions. Active labor is shorter than early labor in that it only lasts for around four to eight hours for the first-time mother. First-time giving birth can feel daunting, but it doesn't need to be. Learn how to take charge of your childbirth experience by taking my Prepare for Childbirth Masterclass. This interactive series of four individual coaching sessions will equip you and your spouse with the knowledge and skills to feel confident and composed during childbirth. From understanding contractions to mastering pushing, you learn how to maintain a productive mindset and manage pain through sport and performance psychology techniques you can go to matrescencebirth.com or the link in the show notes to book your spot. You'll likely know when you're in the last phase of stage one, known as the transition phase, because your contractions will be 60 to 90 seconds long, two to three minutes apart. This is the most intense phase, but also the shortest phase within stage one, on average lasting 15 to 60 minutes. Some women have reported experiencing the bloody show, losing their mucus plug during this stage. In my experience, I had to tell the nurse to stop the uptick in Pitocin and I actually vomited in the bathroom a couple of times. Another physiological response might likely be the breaking of your water in this phase. Mindset is indispensable during this stage. In my masterclass, I teach mothers how to replace unproductive thoughts that will arise with thoughts that aid them during the peak of contractions. Fathers can also support their spouses by saying their birth affirmations that are also individually curated in the masterclass. Something that encourages mothers is knowing this stage only lasts for about 5 to 20 contractions. Believe God designed your body to birth and you can get through this phase. Once your cervix dilates to 10 centimeters, you're ready to move into the second stage of birth, pushing your baby out. You'll likely know you've entered this stage by the pressure in your vagina. Mothers have described the sensation as feeling like they have to go to the bathroom and poop. In this stage, your baby is leaving the uterus and descending through the vagina. Understand how to use your breathing helps you maintain energy and gets you meeting your baby quicker. I teach several breathing techniques in the Preparation for Childbirth Masterclass, specifically designed for mothers to implement during the pushing stage. Fathers can also encourage their partners by helping them breathe with numbers, eye contact, and sounds. Pushing on average lasts from 90 minutes to 2 hours. It's important to note here how avoiding medication can aid in shortening this stage. Some mothers report after getting an epidural and anesthesia that blocks pain from the waist down, they have trouble pushing because they are unable to know when to push, how hard, how long, because of the possibility that they lost feeling in this area, which is what it's designed to do. In my experience, I personally freak out at the thought of a long needle being inserted in between my vertebrae, so I did not receive an epidural. I continue to thank God for this because I see how he protected me during childbirth because Isaac actually had shoulder dystocia when he was born, which is a major birth complication where one of the baby's shoulders gets caught above the mother's pubic bone. I remember the doctor working to get him out and telling me to seriously push because I had all the sensation I could bear down when I needed to the most and safely push Isaac out. The third stage is a breeze compared to the other two stages. This is the time you've probably been waiting for ever since you found out you were pregnant, the moment you finally get to meet your baby. It takes about 10 to 30 minutes for you to deliver the placenta after the baby has arrived. The following 60 minutes after birth with your baby is called the golden hour. There are a couple key evidence-based protocols during this hour. Researchers are continuing to find evidence that supports benefits to the mom and the baby physically, psychologically, and emotionally in that moment and in the future. Some of these protocols include delayed cord clamping, skin-to-skin bonding with your baby, early initiation of breastfeeding and delaying non-urgent tasks, like giving them a bath for at least 60 minutes. While you and the father are bonding with your baby, perineal lacerations are assessed by the doctor or midwife and stitched depending on their severity. After you deliver the placenta, it's a routine procedure to receive a fundal massage on your abdomen, right around your belly button area to help the uterus continue to contract. As it begins to shrink down to that pre-pregnancy size in order to prevent postpartum hemorrhaging. So don't let this term massage mislead you. This can be an unpleasant sensation due to the pressure needed to push the uterus downward. After your baby is born, there are so many emotions going on. Some mothers cry out tears of joy, others are happy it's over, and some might just be a little out of it due to the fatigue of childbirth. So give yourself some grace. If you don't respond the way that you've always imagined that you would, there's no right or wrong way to feel in the moment because everyone is unique and has a different experience. After Isaac was born, Nikki was alerted and he was quickly assessed by their team. Then they swiftly put him back on my chest. I was really shocked at how much time I had with Isaac, Justin, me, and my mom in the room after he was assessed by them we just kind of chilled there for what seemed like a long time it kind of shocked me because i always thought of hospitals as more like businesses and i was going to be maybe like in a rush afterwards i i don't really know but they gave us so much time to be with our family before we moved down to the postpartum suite what's even more ironic as I started off wanting to give birth in our one bedroom apartment in the tub and Justin's like okay can we consider the hospital at least you know in case of any emergencies or needed interventions he's like that would be a lot easier to be in the hospital rather than relocating in a case of emergency which I knew is military experience was playing a role into this because he's seen people have to get moved to help which has been uh like a a big hardship for him and for his team and the desire just for us the baby and and me to stay safe because this is a new experience for him as well and so I ended up honoring that and it definitely worked out because what ended up happening was I found a doctor actually at my CrossFit gym that had delivered multiple other women's babies there and she also delivered Isaac and it was such an amazing experience and she's a wonderful person and incredible doctor. So I say all that to encourage first-time mothers to do whatever is best for your family, obviously first and foremost and secondly share a positive hospital experience because some of the circles that i'm in it seemed like more of a rare story that you've had like a good hospital experience or you hear of other people having them so i was more accustomed to hearing about negative experience and that tainted my expectations going into the birth at the hospital which left me unnecessarily apprehensive leading up to birth Leapfroggroup.org is a free resource anyone can access that gives full reports on hospitals and departments like labor and delivery, so you can see what trends are occurring there, like the percentage of episiotomies performed in cesarean deliveries. You'll also see a grade or rating for that facility as you decide where you want to deliver and who you want your care team to be. I realized this episode's focus was mainly on the stages of birth for a vaginal delivery and I didn't really touch on the cesarean delivery part. I wanted to make these stages so clear and easy to understand if this is your first time hearing this because it can be a lot and I plan on going more in depth on cesarean deliveries in a later episode. I hope today's episode diminished doubts about childbirth and equipped you with more information to help you during your upcoming labor and delivery. Join us next Tuesday for a new episode of Mom Material.